Welcome to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. This is your number one crypto podcast to hear directly from the movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors in the cryptocurrency industry. Follow on Twitter for updates and to communicate directly at Wolf Big Dog. That's at Wolf Big D-A-W-G. Now, now, here is your host, the one and only Big Dog Crypto. Digital Bits is a protocol layer blockchain focused on supporting consumer digital assets. This is inclusive of assets such as loyalty and reward points, branded NFTs, fan tokens, and notably branded stable coins. Find Digital Bits on Twitter at DigitalBitsORG. Digital Bits, making the future happen today. And welcome to the newest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I am your host, Big Dog Crypto, and we finally got the legend himself, Crypto Man Ran. Brother, how are you doing? Good, the legend. Wow, that's a big intro. Thank you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Well, you are a legend, man. You, you know, you're, well, you're one of the people in this space that puts out a lot of content. And one of the things I always talk about is try and absorb and listen to content, right, for new people coming in. I'm going to ask you this. How many hours a week do you devote to all of the content that, uh, that you put out? 24-7, 365. I mean, I wake up in the morning. I'm up at 5.30 in the morning. And the first thing I do is I, uh, I read as much of the news as I possibly can. Um, I then listen to podcasts. I listen to every single podcast in crypto, uh, all really? the good ones. Uh, yeah. I listen to them on two speed, actually, because I, I, I mean, I, you know, I can absorb it in two speed. Sure. So I listen to Elio Trades. I listen to uh, Coin Bureau if there's anything out. I listen to Altcoin Daily. Um, I will listen to Cryptos R Us. I'll you know and I, I'll listen to all the main podcasts just to see what's happened while I was asleep. And then from that point on, we get into the office and we start talking about what the big stories of the day are. And then so we we start following leads. We start calling people at Coinbase or calling people around the world to try and get the inside edge on the story. So pretty much my whole day. And then I do my two streams every day or three streams now every day. And then it's back to, well, what's happening on the markets again, getting ready for the next day. So 24, seven, 365. Now it's a very, very, very interesting thing that happens. It's like at school when they forced you to do the, your homework. So having to do, a stream every day requires you to be on top of the news every single day. And it's almost like you have to be on the news because otherwise your stream won't be good. And by getting all this information to get ready for your stream, you're actually gathering market data that no one else has. And that makes you a better investor and a better trader. So yeah, uh, very, my whole life, my whole life is actually dedicated to the content, which actually makes me a much better investor. Uh, you know, somebody as me that, that watches your programs, there's no doubt I'm like, this guy is putting in a lot of a lot of time and effort, of course. And you had the, the CNBC show, uh, which is on and, and a lot of views on that. Um, let me ask you this. When did you first hear about crypto? Do you remember what year and specifically? Yeah, do you remember of course. Yeah, what, what, what? I, I want to just go back to the last the last part. So okay. actually, I'm not a YouTuber and I'm not a streamer and I'm not a content maker. I'm an investor. Okay. That's what I do. I'm just an investor. But I'm taking you, my whole audience and the whole banter family on a journey of how I make my investment decisions. So you're kind of watching in real time how I research things, what research I know. 
uh, yeah, I'm not a TV guy. I'm not a journalist. I am an investor and I'm just, my content is me make, showing you why I'm doing what I'm doing. And my content is what I'm doing. So uh, it's, it's, it's a very it's an interesting mix. Yeah. So, so the yeah. content put out, the way you look at it is, you know, your life is as a trader and as an investor and as, as an analyst of this market, the content is really a reflection of, of what you're doing every day. It's a reality show. It's a reality show. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, that's what it is. It's, you're watching my life. You're watching my reality show. This is the place. This is the sofa. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, in terms of when did I hear about crypto? 2014. Uh, okay. I went on vacation with a friend of mine who told me he was buying this funny video game money and he was making a lot of money doing it. And yeah. because I'm a degen at heart, uh, I landed up buying some Bitcoin in 2015, which was like, I bought this funny money and this right. funny money started to go up in value, which was amazing. <laughs> well, no, because I mean, people didn't know. I, you know, I think it was around that time I saw a special and I was like, well, what is this? And then in 2017, got, got more into it. Um, do you, you know, speaking of that, when you look at the markets and how they're going right now, a lot of people have said the end of this year may be like a 2017 type thing. Do you see that or do you see differences? What are your thoughts? I think it will be different. I think it will be similar, but different. So, 2017 was a retail blow-off top into a new asset class, which really didn't have much of a use case. We didn't need Bitcoin as a store of value as much as we needed today. Ethereum didn't actually work. There were no real use cases on Ethereum. So people were buying into Hopium. And when you're buying into Hopium, you're actually buying into hype. And that's what happened in 2017. We bought into hype. It was all retail and retail got flushed out. And it took retail about three years or two and a half years to come back from the time they got flushed out. And now they came back again and they got flushed out again. But this time there is a lot more substance in the market. So you have you know, NFTs, you have DeFi, you have Bitcoin really, really, really being adopted as a store of value. And so I think that this market may not go up as aggressively. And I think people are starting to understand quality and use cases. It's, it's, it's a much more sustainable growth in the market. It's not a, it's not a, a, a whip-up, hopium, uh, full of hot air type market. It is a market that's much more full of, uh, of, of things that actually work and DeFi and NFTs and stuff like that. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think you're seeing those, those differences and changes as, as, as the market matures. Um, speaking of that, you know, we're in you know, 2021 now. When you look five years down the road, and you've, you've obviously you've been in the space longer than five years previously. When you look five years down the road, what do you personally want to see for just the general public's adoption of the crypto space? I think it's not five years. I think it's actually happening right now as we speak. So you've got Coinbase publishing their numbers and you've got their, their year-on-year growth in terms of users 10xing. You've got their revenue 30xing. You've got NFTs. Pretty much every industry in the world is now in NFTs. Every celebrity in the world is now in NFTs. So to look out five years, I think... In five years, crypto will be like the internet where we will be using it and not actually refer to the fact that we're using crypto. It'll be like, oh, you're using the internet. Like you never talk about using the web. You just use it. And that's exactly what I think. I think we'll pay each other with some kind of crypto asset. I think every uh, movie ticket will be an NFT. I think mm-hmm. every, everything will just be something crypto. Um, and I think it's happening much quicker than you think. So to try and forecast what it's going to look like in five years, I have no idea. Uh, I couldn't have imagined that people were going to take NFTs and create gaming NFTs, which were played to earn. I mean, that just 
could never have imagined it. And, you know, a year later, that's what's happening. So to try and forecast five years from now would be futile. I guess because as fast as the space is moving, it's just, it's hard to know. Crazy. Um, when you look at this fall, do you want to give a, 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 beat, a Bitcoin prediction for the end of the year? I mean, some people like to, some people don't, but do you want to give a, or a range type thing? It depends. Um, if we do go on a market run, then I think about 120 to maybe 200, $120,000 to $150,000 is reasonable. Uh, if not, I think we could be somewhere around where we are today, forty to 60000 Uh Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really good with predictions. I don't really care because my Bitcoin, and that's something that I care about for the next three months or six months. I can tell you that if you look at it in the long term, the price is going up. It's, that's been the history for the last 11 years, and it's going to remain the same. So just keep buying, just keep huddling. It's, yeah, people that have bought in the past and have held are, are, are in profit. There's no doubt about that. Um, when you look at crypto banter, um, what would you say is probably one of your your favorite or I don't say funniest, but you know what I mean? Like anytime we do anything, there's always something like, oh, I remember that more than anything. Is there any particular moments that stick out? I mean, every day is a, is a new and fun uh, day at crypto banter. You know, there's a lot, a lot that happens behind the scenes. Um, you know, we get we speak to big guests every day, all day. We're building this amazing community, which is actually a family. And I think that's probably the the one thing that I really didn't expect. I expected to tell people about crypto and tell people about my journey. Sure. What I never expected was that I would build a loyal community, a family who attend every single stream, who like every single stream, who, I mean, I give away to the community millions of dollars. I mean, I gave away I think, a couple of million dollars in banter bags. I give away NFTs every single day. Um, and I really believe that these people are like my family and you know in the good times it's amazing we all make money and i think it, in the in the tough times i was quite disappointed that some of them you know maybe didn't follow what we said or we just got uh, and, and they started blaming us for their losses so you know i see i i know that i carry a big sense of responsibility um and i i trade accordingly we keep of course uh, you, you've been watching banter you know what our ethics are we don't accept money from any tokens. We don't accept free tokens. We don't accept advisory tokens. We are, yeah, we're not allowed to sell tokens for two days after we, we speak about them on the show, sure. you know, so that avoids any host pumping and dumping their bags. Um, yeah, so we, we run a squeaky clean show and we're building a family. And so, you know, everything's been an experience. It's been an absolutely incredible experience building this family. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, I, I enjoy the episodes. I definitely do. I definitely do. Um, so somebody knew, because one of the things with this podcast, and we like a lot of podcasts, right? Different uh, content. Uh, but one of the things I really do with this one is I'm trying to, I want to say market, but I really have, there's a lot of people that I've brought in that have watched or listened that are new to the space. And when I got into the space, one of the things I found was not a lot of good content or stuff to absorb. I mean, the movie says there was, but I wasn't always on it. So I'm trying to at least provide things that help new people to get into the space, learn from, learn from mistakes, right. You know, do things better. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, an all encompassing question, but somebody that just got a crypto, maybe they, they bought some Dogecoin because Musk tweeted about it and they said, Hey, you know, crypto man ran, what are one or two things that I should know as I go forward? I think you're right. I think we have a, pr a credibility problem in the space. Um, and I think for new people, when they come into the space, they turn to two real mediums to try and get crypto-related information. The first medium they turn to is Twitter. Twitter is full of noise. Twitter is full of pump and dumps. Twitter is full of people shilling their own bags. 
Um, and there is a lot of good stuff on Twitter. There's much more good stuff, but you need to know where to find it, right? right. The, the second place they go to is YouTube. And the big problem with YouTube, and this is like something that I, I wish was actually illegal, but the majority of YouTubers out there accept payment to make videos or to mention tokens in their videos. I'm not going to mention names, but it's a highly, highly, highly widespread uh, phenomenon in the industry. And it should be illegal because the problem is when somebody watches a video from somebody who has a lot of followers and that person is being paid to speak about a token, mm-hmm. that person is effectively manipulating the price of a token. And these noobs are getting into these tokens when these people are being paid to show the tokens and they don't know any better. And that's why we've come out and said, look, we will never, ever accept money to promote a token. We may make an exception to let a token sponsor a a certain section, in which case, A, we will not accept any money in tokens. B, we will disclose that it has been happened and it will be all over the website that this is sponsored content. And to date, we actually haven't even done that because we're just so scared. Uh, because we want to remain squeaky clean. Um, We also never accept anything for free from tokens. Not a bottle of wine, not a lunch, not a dinner, uh, no tokens, nothing. Not even free trials on their websites. Like we pay because we want to make sure we're completely unbiased. You know, that's interesting because you're saying something that to me, and I actually had a discussion with somebody the other day about this. You know, this space is interesting. I mean, People put in a lot of work, you know, to me, they're, they're the hardest workers in the room. And I mean that. I mean, you, you've dealt with so many people in here. you got people working 16, 18, 19, 20 hours a day, you know, 25, it seems like. But as long as you're transparent with people, even sometimes things are good, sometimes they're bad. Just be transparent. And it's amazing how much trust you can earn just by being straight with them. And I think I was telling somebody, just, you know, tell them what's up and it goes a long way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're living in a global uh, and some of us are living in a very transparent world. Like my name is Crypto Man Ran. Everyone knows my name is Ran Neuner. I'm a public figure. And I know that if I make one wrong step, given the fact that I've got a million people watching me at any one time, uh, I'll be called out. And I know that if I get called out, uh, I can never come back from that. You only have one chance to prove your integrity. And, you know, trust is about 100% of the time. You can't be trustworthy 95% of the time. Trust is 100% of the time. Sure. And, you know, a lot of people do hide behind avatars. So, I mean, it's a phenomenon in the industry. People hide behind avatars. We're not like that. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's no amount of money in the world that would get me to sell my integrity. Just yeah. couldn't happen. Uh, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I wish that that was something that was much more important to the industry. I think a lot of people think because they're hiding behind avatars, because everything is anonymous, because they can get away with, with these unethical things that happen. There's lots of scams and that. But I think in time, with regulation, that will go away. I think in time, the regulators will take care of that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the industry is evolving. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. Well, so on a little, on the personal note, a couple of questions. Uh, what's your favorite food? Wow, I'm a food junkie. I'm a food junkie, but I, li- I like simple foods, man. I like simple foods. A pizza, uh, okay. a great pizza. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dave Portnoy and his Barstool pizza reviews and any pizza that he rates over nine, I- I'm in. Right. <laughs> That's good. He, he definitely likes that. Um, and as far not as music, pizza. not doing, you know, when you're not absorbing what's going on, what kind of music do you listen to? Uh, love electronic dance music. I'm a big EDM, EDM fan. Yeah. Uh, I love the classics, love the old classics. I'm much older than I look, so I, I do love the classics. Uh, I, I spend a lot, a lot of time with my kids, so that's mm-hmm. when I'm not doing when I'm not doing uh, um, 
uh, crypto. I, I spend a lot of time with my family. I've got three young kids. Uh, right. Try and spend as much time with them as possible. So yeah, I mean, that's what I do. I'm always outdoors. Uh, yeah. I love running, cycling, swimming, boating, jet skiing. I fly helicopters, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's what I do. That's awesome. No, look, that's about living. I think that's one of the, the things that I kind of try, try and tweet this too is get, you know, we all work so much, but you got to get out there, get in nature, right? Get some exercise. And I think sometimes it's, you know, you could look at the screen 24, there's just, there's so much wow. happening in the space. Like there's never a dull moment. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, there's no question about that. You know, crypto is the hardest thing in the world to switch off from because yeah. the prices are in your head 24 seven. It's, it's the first app that we look at on the phone. Uh, I bet you that you look at your coin gecko or your coin market cap more than you look at any other app on your phone, bar none, by a factor. Um, but I think the magic really happens when, if and when we can switch off, because that's when you get time to think. You know, you, you can't think when prices are in your head the whole time. You sometimes need to to chill, to, to to wind down and to and to slow down. I find that I make the best decisions when I when I'm able to switch off. Unfortunately, that happens like. Really, really, you know, I, I would want to be to have the ability to switch off much more, but I can't. You know, I have to agree with you on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have when it comes to Bitcoin, one thing we've noticed is the maximalist and the non-maximalist. The, toxi- the toxicalist. The toxicalist, you mean. <laughs> I mean, all coins versus Bitcoin. I mean, when somebody asks you, hey, which one should I get or which one's better? Yeah, how do you answer that? I'm not a maximalist at all. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm the exact, I don't, I don't know what the opposite of a maximalist is, but I'm the opposite. Okay. And the reason is I think that this industry is so young that we haven't even seen the beginning of a disruption. Now, if you take a side now and say, I'm only Bitcoin and I don't see altcoins. Imagine a Bitcoin maximalist today. They see NFTs. Right. This like huge spreading industry around the world. They see DeFi. Like, how can you after all of that, still be a maximalist. Right. I mean, I get, I probably love Bitcoin as much as they do, but I have enough space in my heart to love other tokens and to and stuff like that. So I think maximalism is toxicalism. Like it's yeah. so toxic. Um, and I think the maximalists limit innovation because they think that Bitcoin is the only thing in the world. Yeah. Well, do you, let me ask you this now. And you don't have to answer this, but let me ask, when you look at the top 10 right now, are there any things, and this is not so much endorsing, I'm saying just, you know, pe- there's people mm. out there that the Ethereum flip Bitcoin or whatever, or I want to see, uh, you know, all blockchains. When you look at the top 10, let's say a year from now, maybe what do you want to see or what do you see potentially happening in, in the top 10? If you had to look so at I'm actually just looking at the top 10, I'll tell you what I see. So, look, I don't know about time frames because sometimes, you know, you say a year, but a year becomes 18 months. But I think Bitcoin remains number one for another year, but then I think Ethereum takes over. I think the combination of USDT, USDC, uh, TUSD, so dollars on the blockchain right. becomes the number three. Okay. So I think that, that increases by a hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, what happens after that? I think another smart contract blockchain. So I think Cardano or Polkadot, but I think it might be Cardano. Um, and then DeFi, NFTs, and payments. So Luna or Terra for the payments, mm-hmm. Uniswap and Link for the DeFi, and one NFT play, but NFT play is probably two to three years away. And I think it may actually 
be a game or something. That, that, that's kind of how I see the top 10 in the next. Yeah, I always like make, make a predictions and somebody says, somebody asked me one time, are you sure? I said, you know what? I'll make you a deal. I can guarantee you this. I guarantee you when I give you a Bitcoin price prediction, or I say this, you take that and you take $3 to your local cafe and you can get a, a cup of coffee. <laughs> I can guarantee you. You know, you know what I mean? Like, but it is kind of fun to speculate because I think when I ask somebody like you in particular, you analyze these markets. You know, you're you're an investor, but you're also, you know, somebody who analyzes this a lot. So I respect that because it's it's interesting to see what you think. Yeah, that's I mean, I do. So that I, I think that that's my te- my predictions for the top 10. I, I think Ethereum might actually move into number one. I think if you look far enough forward, Ethereum moves into number one. Oh, I'm seeing that a lot. I'll be honest, man. I'm, I'm looking at that right now and I can see it happen. It's just, it's almost hard to believe, but you're seeing more and more about that. And that's, that's going to be interesting if we, if we have that kind of flipping. There's no doubt about that. Think about it like this. Bitcoin is actually one industry. It's a store of value. Like no matter which way you look at it, Bitcoin is a store of value and that's all it is. It's a store of value. It succeeded as a store of value and the store of value market is big. Right. 11 trillion, 20 trillion. Right. Ethereum is the gas which powers a whole lot of new industries in the world. One of them is NFTs. Another one is DeFi. And then there's going to be another thousand of them that we haven't actually even imagined yet. And they're sure. all going to be powered by Ethereum. And then these geniuses launched this thing called EIP-1559. Mm-hmm. And EIP-1559 makes Ethereum deflationary. Yeah. So you're like building all these new industries. Use cases. Yeah. And then you're making the fuel that powers them or the oil that powers them deflationary. And then it's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. It has to win. It's no, I mean, it's, it's, it's logic could dictate that this could happen. You talk about use cases. That's, that is the biggest use case. If you think about it, logic, no dictates, logic dictates that indeed. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so I guess one final question, when you look at the fall, we are in what almost mid August now, some people, a lot of people are excited about it. What is the one or two, like, what are, what are your hopes or what are your things you're looking to looking forward to most as we get into the fall that you want to see before the end of the year, personally? Can I be honest? Please. Bluntly honest. I'd love to see another dip. I would love for the market. I would love for the market to crash <laughs> one last time yeah. so that I can get all the things that I didn't manage to pick up in the last dip. Okay, okay let, let me flip. Do you think we'll see it? I know you, and I can. I get why you want it, no doubt. Um, do you I think don't think happen? so. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. But if it does happen... You could be and ready. You see, and you see a buyer. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> nice, bro. Well, look, man, I appreciate you taking the time. This means a lot. Uh, Your pleasure, man. Brother, and you're on the 10th episode. So no matter how many of these happen, you'll always be in the in the first 10 episodes of The Big Dog. And even, but by the way, just to be clear, I tried to get Crypto Man Rant a while back, but we finally connected now. So he, there we go. And, but, you know, he, he's, he's in there. There's no doubt. We're all here now. Listen, it's been amazing. Thank you. I love being on the other side of the camera. I love being on the other side of the interview. So thank you. Okay. And, uh, and, and once again, uh, where can people, or let me ask, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Twitter at CryptoManRan, YouTube, uh, CryptoBanter, uh, on the internet, CryptoBanter.com, on Telegram, Crypto underscore Banter. That's where you can find me. Okay, brother. I appreciate it. I'll be watching your content or actually your reality show because it is your life and you're living it and you're being honest about it. And you're putting it out there for everybody to see. So thank you, brother. I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. All right. This has been the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Crypto Man Ran. Appreciate his time. Thanks. 
You've been listening to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Follow on Twitter at WoofBigDog. Woof, big D-A-W-G. And run faster than the competition. Woof, woof.